0: Welcome back, Jack of No Trades. Movie edition 2018. What's up, Taylor? Oh, I'm excited for this podcast. We have a lot of content to get through and not a lot of time to do it, so I say we just jump into this bad boy. It's all been piling up. (laughs) Yes. Just a heaping pack of shit we have to cover. There's things that have come up in the past week that we did not expect that need to be discussed, Uh, mainly a certain character that has been revealed to the world, a Disney IP, and but that we may get to that later. We might. And of course, we've got our movies expert, Bill Moe. What's up, dude?
1: What's up, fellas? I'm just glad to be back. I don't know if we'd ever be back here or not. Dude, I was the, worried that we weren't going to get an Oscars pod this year.
0: It's just like an X-Men movie. You think they're gone forever, and then they just or keep Spider-Man. showing up. Or Spider-Man. Something just comes out of left field, like, oh, all right. We're back. Spider-Man's back. That's our podcast. We're, we're never going away, people. So for your listening pleasure we're going to break up today's pod that is probably going to be longer than we say it's going to be because that's just how we roll past meaning everything that happened 2018 maybe before 2018 stuff that's been kind of wait stuff we've been wanting to talk about present oscars winners and losers from 2018 and then the future what we're looking forward to in 2019 so we also got some honorable mentions we might slip in here or there But that's going to be the general format, so let's get going. We've got a lot of movies to cover, like Tay said, starting with the past. This podcast has given an inordinate amount of listening time to M. Night Shyamalan's unbreakable extended universe. Well, for good reason. For for good reason? Yeah. Have you seen Glass? Have you seen The Happening? (laughs) I've seen The Happening.
1: I have not seen The Happening.
0: Well, you're missing out. It's a it's a cinematic masterpiece. Oh boy. All right. Taylor's still talking about Kingdom Hearts apparently. So <laughs> so we covered Unbreakable. This was Morris Prize to our attention. Yeah. About how it's kind of an under the radar watch. Yeah. I think it holds up.
1: Totally. Totally holds up.
0: We I rewatched it getting ready for glass coming out and yeah. I was like, This movie still's good. It's
1: has everything you need. It, it's, it's a masterpiece. It, I think it's still Shyamalan's best movie.
0: I, I think I'd agree with you. Especially after seeing Glass. Yeah. Then <laughs> we saw Split. And again, McAvoy puts on a hell of a performance. And we've got Samuel L. puts on a hell of a performance in Unbreakable. I thought he was good in Glass. Are, are you listening to me? We're building up to Glass. <laughs> I'm sorry. Taylor needs to wake up. He had a late night. <laughs> I, All right. I'm sorry. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> when we get, finally, to the epic, maybe, conclusion, we get mother effing glass. What happened? What happened? Gut reactions. Morris, what were you thinking? Oh,
1: I mean, so we got to talk spoilers.
0: Spoilers are live. Um, They're flying.
1: I think kind of what we talked about, um, so I'd, I'd, we were talking before the podcast, so I, I was actually listening to if you listen to uh i think it's the 2017 oscars podcast where we we're, were making oscar predictions and we talked about split pretty extensively in that and how excited and how pumped we were even taylor's words were um he didn't think split was a fluke he think he thought Shyamalan was back and he's we all back. i agree <laughs> i'm like no <"Yo>, he's back <laughs> glass is gonna that. be unreal and so you can tell the expectations were high emotions were high for glass and uh, like Kind of like what Ben was saying earlier, I think when we saw the trailer, we kind of got a little skeptical. I saw some of the first <laughs> reviews that came out, and I was like, you know I don't care. I'm still – I got to yeah. go see this for myself. This is and happening. It's a total shit show. <laughs> it's a complete and utter shit show. Like, I think there are a few things that you can pick up. I wish I saw it twice. I mean, just so I can really narrow down what – did I miss anything – um Shyamalan generally has things going on in his movies that you can pick up on later. Um but dude, I mean what the hell happened?
0: What the hell? <laughs> Were you did you guys watch it being like, Wonder what the twist is gonna be? Yeah. Do you I, guys watch his movies like that? I do.
1: I kinda and I kinda forget about it also in the yeah. middle, but also I'm like, I wonder what is what is gonna happen. And for some reason he tried to like he he pulls off a twist and he tries to outdo <laughs> his original twist within the span of like five minutes. And right. I'm just like, what is he doing? I don't what know. was he thinking? Was this rushed? Is that why? Did I think he it's rush rushed. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. It I make, think
1: it made a lot of money though. Oh, it's still making money. It's made over 200 mil, and Shyamalan forked it out of his own pocket. He uh, he took 20 million dollars that he made off of Split. Um, Cause he funded all, He also self-funded Split and The Visit, which he's is a relatively
0: low-budget movie, right? Yeah, nine million
1: bucks. Okay. And so Glass, twenty million. You know, obviously not a low budget, but not a terribly high for what budget. you end up for that seeing. kind of cast. Yeah. Um, it's pretty impressive that he pulled that off with twenty million dollars. But yeah, he's he's laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, well, that's
0: how he affords those courtside Sixer seats. Seriously, I saw him in a game last week, and he kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> I remember seeing the trailers and I was thinking, I was like, I think we've seen everything we need to see. I honestly did. Like, I was like, I think this is his main set. I think he's going to have them in a room and he's going to just try and like psychology the shit out of them. That was the vibe the trailer gave. And then you see the movie and it was unbearably slow.
1: It was very slow.
0: Very slow, which I'm okay with dialogue-driven movies. Right. I, can, I can do that. But it was like, they literally had to go back and re-justify them all as superheroes, exactly. Which was the whole was point like, of the first two yeah, movies,
1: exactly. Why? If you watch Unbreakable, we are rehashing in Glass what we did in Unbreakable and Unbreakable Split,
0: and Split, which was then ridiculous, believing that they were actually heroes. Yeah, they could do remarkable things,
1: trying to discover themselves, accepting what they can do. Just and it's like, so why are we trying to now tear this back down and rehash this all over again
0: in a room? In a room talking. To make like, a plot device. Sarah Paulson was by far the worst part of that movie. Her, her character wasn't very great. Her, I like
1: Sarah Paulson. I think she. Was I a good like her actress. as an actress,
0: but her character was terrible. I, did you hate her, like watching her? Because I actually didn't mind her. I thought she played her role. Yeah. Well, it was the character, just the character. Like, I think she's a good actress. Okay. Like, I liked her in OJ, and
1: uh, yeah, she's really good in OJ. Well, she, she was actually amazing. Ocean's man. Eight. Yeah, that movie yeah. just sucks. But yeah, I mean, she was fine. <laughs> she was fine in it.
0: So the the plot of the movie you get into it and halfway through you're going okay this is building up to something big, which is what he's teasing yeah, exactly the whole movie. But what's
1: hard is in the first ten minutes of the movie we already have like the standoff <laughs> with Bruce Willis and the horde, the horde, and he's already kidnapped more girls. It's like. This feels like he, he's like taking what should have been the end of glass, putting it at the beginning. Right. Which, all right, like kind do of what, flipping it. Do what you got to do. I mean, yeah. he's doing. He's not conventional by any means the way he did Unbreakable and Split, but it it totally didn't pay off, man. So the way he tries to wrap it up
0: with the title. We knew it was going to be Samuel focused. Yeah. Right. We knew this was going to be his moment to shine, and I think he shines. Yeah. You don't see him until the second act of the movie. Yeah. Really? And he doesn't talk. he doesn't he talk. Doesn't second talk. act third act of the movie. Which is weird for a Samuel movie. And and he is kind of the focal point. But that third act is so abominable. It's abysmal. It's so disappointing. It's abhorrent. I mean, they put Bruce Willis on the bench anyway in this movie. Oh, he's um, on oh. the oh.
1: That was that was probably one of the more
0: disappointing. Was he on Xanax while he was filming? Oh, it was like they neutered him the day yeah. before and he had the cone on. Oh my gosh. We watched Die Hard like maybe like a few months ago. It's like he, freaking he's he's legit. Bruce Willis yeah, is legit. He's
1: legit. He's totally legit.
0: Funny. You know, he, he can he can do it, but this movie I wonder if he had limited availability and he was just overbooked. But why'd he have to sleepwalk through all the scenes?
1: But even then, he he wasn't written in the movie as like a main character. Right, he wasn't. <laughs> he really wasn't. This is an unbreakable sequel. No, it was. And so like, <laughs> and but it ended up being more about Glass's mom, and <laughs> and Casey, and David Dunn's son, yeah. and Casey Cook than anyone else. Honestly, And yeah. uh, it's so disappointing. How
0: much time on screen do you think we had all three of them together? Maybe, tw- maybe, maybe twenty. Maybe twenty. Maybe maybe probably closer to fifteen. I feel like Maybe. at this point we've already been introduced to all the characters. They know each other. There should have been a lot more screen time of them interacting, and not just sitting <sighs> in a hospital together. Exactly. I, I wish
1: this. I, I kind of wish the whole institution thing didn't happen.
0: Burn that shit down. It's
1: a very. It and was that's. Terrible. And I guess that's why the movie he could pull it off with twenty million dollars because yeah. it takes place in one room the entire movie.
0: <laughs> I like the idea of Glass manipulating the horde. Yep. Why couldn't they have met out in to the city? Up. Why couldn't Glass have hunted him down? and, like, we're going to do some amazing things together. Right, the team-up makes sense. Like I said, like, on paper, a lot of this looks like it could work. Yeah. But the pacing was so damn slow. A lot of it's what we predicted, too. Because I think we all said in our split podcast that we knew that Samuel L. was going to manipulate the Horde. I think we did mention that. That he was
1: going to, like, either work together with David Dunn to take out the Horde, or he was going to work with the Horde to take out David Dunn. Right. And that's, I think that was foreseeable.
0: So 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 we have in isolation, like McAvoy still brought it. Yeah. I, I think
1: McAvoy had it his screen time. Holy cow brought it.
0: Like what he did in the first movie somehow in split, he somehow passed it. I think he did one. all of them in, yeah. in that final
1: scene. Yeah. He's incredible still. It, it Spoilers was, when he gets
0: shot. <laughs> so so we have like in isolation some cool moments in this movie. Not a lot, but there's a few. That's Taylor walk us through the third act. Like once Samuel has broken them out. Everyone's broken out. So Walk like, us through. Like at the parking lot or before? Yeah, that? so like they're getting to the parking lot. Walk us through how the main events happen after this point. Okay, so they get out to the parking lot. Then Bruce Willis' his son shows up. Casey, Who's a pussy? Casey yeah. Cook or whoever. Whatever her name is. Is, yeah, that, is that her Cook. name? That's her name? Yeah. I didn't know if that was the actress' name no, It's Anya
1: Taylor Joy's her name. In okay. Ohio. I
0: guess the, the, mo- the person that's the biggest support. To each of the three main characters is, like, prominently featured. So yep, Glass's so each, mom... Each support system is there. So Glass's mom, who looks younger than Samuel L. at this point... She is younger. That is weird. Right? I'm like, shouldn't she be dead at this point? Why was she in this movie?
1: Can anyone tell me why we went and saw Glass to deal with... To do with
0: Glass's mom? (laughs) I don't know. Why? I don't know. Casey Cook, I get it. She was in Split. So they they aged in real time, right? Unbreakable (sighs) came out in 2002. The son's aged, obviously. Samuel L. was in his 50s in that movie. Yeah. And let's assume his mom was 20 years older than him. She's 90 in this movie and looks like she's (laughs) like 60. (laughs) Maybe that's her superpower. That was bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. Black don't crack. (laughs) But anyway.
1: (laughs) She's... Yeah, she's They get out.
0: Down. Uh, Samuel L. turns off the water for Bruce because he wants to have a little fight. Which, And then we don't even get to see Bruce Willis knocking down the steel door. Oh my gosh. I was like, why not show that? Why are you doing that off camera? <laughs> M. does not know how to film action. Period. <laughs> Period. None. Like, he has no idea. It's like freaking like GoPro footage of the stuff you don't want to see. It's like, oh, the door's on the ground now? Okay. Anyway. So everyone gets out. They're all in, the, in I, the yard. I get it's cheaper and easier to do, right? Because you just Cut corners. you just exp- you just push out a door off camera, right? It's it's easy. <laughs> so they they get out to the parking lot. Uh, Bruce Willis shows up, and him and the horde start fighting, and they're kind of just grappling, but it doesn't look very exciting. Like it's kind of lame. It's kind of like old man fighting, if if that makes sense. Like they just kind of like grapple each other, kind of push. Not a lot of punches or exciting action. And then Sarah Paulson... I guess we think it's the police, but we don't really know. They're not marked as police. Well, they show up and they look like SWAT. They look like SWAT. They're like goons, basically. But they're all watching. And then Bruce Willis detains them so they can't help. But then the Horde gets... Throws Bruce Willis into a water tank. That was going to drown him in his cell. Yeah. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So then... Bruce Willis is like choking on water for the rest of the third act. Oh, and then man. his son shows up, finds out that Glass blew up the train that Kenf- Kevin Waldell Crumb's dad was on, that so Bruce we, Willis was on. So, we stop twist on number one. So, this is twist number Kay. one. Inside note before we get into that nobody can swim if they're wearing a poncho. <laughs> Okay, Michael, saw, Phelps would, tweet. Michael Phelps would drown if he had a poncho the on. Poncho in the poncho hurts him, 100%. right? Hundred percent. That was my tweet. Yeah. So anyway, like, it's funny. It's stupid, but anyway. So yeah. So that the, that first twist
1: that we get that that Eli- that same train that David Dunn was on, Kevin Crumb's dad was on, right? That, first twist that works, right? It does. Honestly, that that was on paper and everything. I thought that twist. If that was it, that works because Elijah Price's power whatever is to create heroes and create villains and right. I thought that like w- that works perfectly for me. And, and it's goes- also
0: cool because in Unbreakable he when David Dunn is like feeling the people in the train station again back at the train station he feels a woman that's abusive to her son. Yeah, that's right. And that and it's supposed to be him.
1: Yep. And that yeah, that I think Which that, is cool. that was that original connection cause Kevin Crumb was originally written in the Unbreakable script, right? And Shyamalan wrote him out to make a separate movie, which was split with his character. Right. So that completely works. That and works I actually, I was great. like, "That's awesome." That is awesome. I'm so sad that the rest of this movie didn't work <laughs> right? because that's yeah. a great twist and that's a great way to bring it together.
0: So back anyway. to <laughs> no, it's what's good. that? What's Bruce's? David Dunn's kids. Joseph, right? I think that's his yeah. name. Yeah. yep. So he had a punchable face as a kid. He still has a punchable face. <laughs> yeah, so, Still punchable.
1: <laughs> he had too much to do in this movie. Way yeah. too much.
0: So anyway, he's, he's kind of whiny the whole movie. Yeah, like, like in the first and then Unbreakable. Yeah. It has not changed. So he shows up and he reveals that Glass killed Kevin's dad, which turns the horde against Glass. Right. And then Glass is basically saying, like, you should be thanking me because I unlocked your true potential, blah, blah, blah. And then... Which is true to yeah, his, is yeah, his true. motives, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. It and lines Glass's up. Glass's motives, yeah. Perfectly yeah, lines, lines
1: up. up with what his character is supposed to be yeah. doing.
0: So then the Horde throws Glass out of his wheelchair. He breaks all the bones in his body. We get another great Samuel as Glass scream. We go, Oh! <laughs> 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 we are the best. The best is when he falls down the stairs into the subway, right? Unbreakable, um, oh, yeah. right? So, so then, glasses down. So then the horde is all sorts of messed up at this right. point. He doesn't really know what's going on. So then, Casey Cook shows up. She's trying to like reform. She's him. like calming him down. She's like, it's okay. She sees the good in him because there are there are good people inside mm-hmm. of him. Yeah, which is interesting. Here's
1: something I read. Okay, that I could have, I think, could have been explored more, or maybe Shyamalan meant to just leave it kind of up to us. But I think Casey Cook kind of has a power, Oh. and so someone suggested that her ability is to touch people. She's
0: like an empath when kind she of? touches,
1: yeah, to like comfort them and to like because every time she touches um, the horde, he kind of turns back into Kevin Crumb and like kind of calms. And so I think, without her knowing it, she that might be her ability per se is when she touches people that they kind of. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Hard do, pass on a spinoff it. movie
0: for her. Yeah, and right, right, right. it right. makes it, it right. more effed up for why her uncle. <laughs> and if that's the case,
1: <laughs> like it could have been, I I don't know, could have been used this utilized okay. a little bit more. But yeah. again, I thought it was all so cheesy. The Pretty way that lame, was handled. right? The dialogue between her and Kevin Crumb. and like there's no reason for us to. Know why she cared so much about
0: him and why she came? There yeah. was no. They reason barely for that. had
1: any interaction. She would had True. zero interaction with Kevin Crumb, like right. that personality in Split. Yeah. She should have just been terrified. That was like of, a minute. The, it was like
0: two minutes, and all he said was like, "Kill me." Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> go in my head. So now she like
1: cares, like even though yeah. he just he saw her, she saw him kill two people and try to kill her. I don't know. So it was, it's weird it, that her draw, like why she's so drawn to him.
0: There was a definitely so, force. So at this point in the movie. Is where it all goes completely to shit. So follow that thread to the end. Follow, yeah. follow, uh, yeah. McAvoy's me. So, so we're at the hug. So, so Casey cooks talking to the horde or Kevin, and he's like, "She's like, it's okay. You're a good person. I know you're a good person inside." Blah blah blah. They hug. Eventually, his beast form uh, turns off, and at this point, the SWAT goons pull out a scoped rifle, and they shoot him. Right through the chest, as his rhino skin turns off, so it works. So he's dead. So the horde's dead. So we're kind of sad, I guess. Whatever. Uh, Samuel L. still <laughs> on the ground, and his mom's talking <laughs> S- to him, slowly dying. And he's like, "It's an origin story, Mama, or something." That's uh, not the end. Yeah. Side note: it, Samuel L. is like in this like meta form, like narrating every scene yeah. that happens yeah. he's like this is where it's called the turn where it's like they yeah. start fighting it's or too whatever. comic book nerdy it for me. was pretty lame well, like,
1: for how well Shyamalan handled the exposition in Unbreakable and Split right. completely ignored all of those instincts <laughs> yeah. in this movie Samuel Jackson was like a mouthpiece for and Sarah Paulson to an extent she's like reiterating I almost felt like Shyamalan was like look let, I'm gonna let's say people that go see this movie have never seen Unbreakable or Split it's like he treated the movie that way. So Even like though he it, has to have characters explain they have to rehash right. their powers. It's like,
0: you know, this this movie should have been total fan service oh, in my totally. opinion. It could have totally. yeah, should have been I feel like M Night is like Mac from Always Sunny where every time they're talking about movies, Mac just wants to talk about explaining the movies. Otherwise <laughs> people aren't going to understand the movie. <laughs> and it's literally how M Night approaches it, movies. Like I need to tell you everything about this for you to understand. Every scene. It's so like we don't. We're good. He doesn't like show don't tell. We got it, right? So we got Glass slowly withering away talking to his mama, whatever. Mm. So this leads and, me to my least favorite can we yeah, we have to talk about this. So after this you think that Bruce Willis is going to get, like, a high five from Sarah Paulson for stopping the Horde and whatever? No. The goons come over.
2: And so I, so I, he's still,
0: like, choking out choking of, He's like, choking on water still so in his poncho, and he he just looks pitiful. It's pretty He's literally sad. choking on water for, like, 15 <laughs> minutes of screen time. On dry land. Yeah, so, like, they cut Glass Horde, and then they go back to Bruce Willis is still choking on water. And right. At this point, I'm like— this doesn't make sense because, like, he wasn't choking on water when he fell into the pool in Unbreakable. Once he got out, exactly. That's what. Oh
1: that my god! <laughs> right? It's fine. like the water in this movie. Like when it touches his skin, it's, it's like it his whole into body goes kryptonite limp. at this point. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's almost like kryptonite. <laughs> but like, yeah, because in Unbreakable, he falls in an entire pool. Yeah, and he's able to pull out, and it's raining. Yeah, and he gets up, and he's
0: fine. He's fine. Then he's he goes and droning. kills the one dude right after that.
1: Yeah. But now, for some reason. H two O. He touches that. How does he, t- it, how does he like, take a shower? I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> make any sense. He doesn't bathe. Do not make any um, sense.
0: So then, the the SWAT goons go over to him, and I shit you not, they drown him in a puddle, literally like a two, puddle. Inches deep, two inches a deep, a one inch
1: puddle, and he can't move.
0: They're kicking his head into He's it. He's supposed a to be bit. the
1: strongest man in that parking lot, and he cannot move. And he
0: dies they drowned (laughs) and and
1: mind you during this pitiful embarrassing moment Sarah Paulson is like crouched down towards his face giving all the exposition we need about her motivations why she was doing what she was doing and I'm just like
0: (sighs) damn it damn it like what (laughs) what happened but then Rather than giving us the like the mercy of ending the film right there, we had to go for the triple oh. the triple twist.
1: Yep, this was the triple. We went,
0: went for through. the triple twist. So when um, the horde gets shot by the guy with the the long range rifle, he pulls back his little sleeve. He's and got you a see this clover little clover tattoo, and you're like, no fucking way. What does this even mean? He's not doing it. It turns out the SWAT people are, are all part of an Illuminati type organization yeah. that meets at restaurants, public restaurants, public that restaurants. People know to leave when they they're having a meeting. They can rent out
1: a space or go to one of their homes. <laughs> they can't go to a house. They can't go to a house. They, they have house. to wait for the I last person to leave a public restaurant and then close and it they're, off. To they're
0: to talk they're about. superhero mercenaries. Literally, yeah. their job is to make sure normal people keep existing and no superheroes. It's like Men earth. in Black. Yeah.
1: It's yep. exactly the same job that Men in Black have. Right. They keep the world unaware. So of the idea
0: is that there's superheroes all around us, but this Illuminati group's getting rid of them before they. And rather than just making them cool and malicious or whatever, which doesn't make any sense anyway, because they say they've been doing this for like 10,000 years or something. God, so, so dumb. Their first job is to try and trick them into thinking yeah. they're not superheroes. Why take the time? Which is the whole point of the movie, <laughs> which was her trying to trick them into thinking they're not it's superheroes. like, I had
1: three days to <laughs> convince you otherwise, and if you guys were convinced, then we'd let you go. Like, she's charitable.
0: Like, that's, that's my biggest issue, is Unbreakable was all about showing us in the world that superheroes are real. And, right. I mean, and we had to deal with the doubt and the skepticism. Bruce Willis brought that all himself. So why did Shyamalan undo that all for his third and final movie, where he spent all this time showing us that there are superheroes? I don't know. It's, I, I don't it's know. insane.
1: No one knows,
0: dude. He was he so in been. his head on this, dude. He's
1: so in on, on in his head. I think, like he he saw the success of Split. Everyone's excited. He jo- He started right away in his room, locked away, writing scripts after script. Oh my and gosh! I'm just like. Do you
0: follow him on Twitter?
1: Yeah. And he he tweet updates every once in a while. Yeah, pretty frequently. Just On the third of, pass of the script. Oh, just trying finished trying to filming. Get it late started you
0: know, filming. just rock solid. Like you're thinking, I'm like, dude, he's gonna suck. This is gonna <sighs> suck. This is not gonna work. And it didn't and then so we get this twist, and you're going, Okay, so this is an Illuminati plot. Somehow he's trying to spin them as good people. They still don't put us something. out of our misery. He has to follow it up with her going back to the freaking clinic or like insane asylum. And her realizing that she got duped by Glass. Glass filmed it all. All the super things they did. And he sent it to everyone in the world.
1: And you know what's funny? There's really nothing that crazy that's on that footage.
0: No! It's hilarious because it's I've seen
1: people flip up a car. Like, (laughs) lift up a car. You know what I mean? Like, it's... And Bruce Willis bending a pipe on it. like there was nothing, <laughs> nothing crazy, crazy in that footage in
0: our films in editing. It's in, like there in was technology. no like lasers. There was nothing like There's, insane at it, all about no. it. Like I was thinking that when he was like, we're going to send this film out, and it's going to prove to the world that superheroes do exist. And I he, was like, you can watch it on YouTube right now. And he and then in you in a would,
1: puddle. And you'd put a thumbs down on it and move on to the next YouTube video. That's what
0: <laughs> yeah. you would do. You would have been like, this freaking video is really low production value. <laughs> would well, that convince either of you that there are superheroes? No. no. If you saw that video. No, it's like you said. It's like him bending a pipe really slowly. It's like, that could be freaking a nerd's rope for all I know. <laughs> I don't know what that is. And it shows like uh, the
1: horde like run towards him. I seen people do that yeah i've seen people run like that go to a
0: basketball game the cheerleaders do that yeah. <laughs> not a big deal it's, it was it's pretty a,
1: it's just a long shot and it missed
0: it missed time. and it and it ends with the three support people in the train station watching the world oh gosh see these videos and it changed the world
1: that was probably what pissed me off the most is the we end on glass's mom casey cook And David Dunn. Three characters. Three characters that nobody gives two shits about. Not even. And did not go to Glass (laughs) to go even see. If none of them were in this movie, it would have been for the better. It would have been better. I'd have been like, all right, cool. We we got Casey Cook's arc. She was done and Split. The son didn't need to be. I mean, if if even if the son was at least limited to his job, like working as that's a what sidekick, I was say. I thought that was kind of cool. I liked him being idea.
0: the little like bitch in the lab, like yeah. sending his dad updates. Like, yeah, let him do that.
1: And Glass's mom should have been dead long time
0: ago. <laughs> long time. <laughs> She's <ago>. immortal. <laughs> you know, if Casey would have just been on like some rampage, killing like rapists and like child abusers, like that'd been fine. She was just going to school. I know, like reading comic books.
1: It's so bad, dude. Nothing. It's so. I know we could talk about this all day, but it's it is abysmal. I, I would have loved cuz I love how they had a reference to like the first Superman comic of him yeah. put lifting up the car. I would have loved if we had a scene of David Dunn doing something like something that. So cool. like like an emotional swelling of music, you know, at the time. Like there was so many there's so Ugh. much potential for this movie that could have oh, dude.
0: It's such a miss. We're barely into this pod. We've already been going for No, but we knew this would be a long segment.
1: Right, easily the, the the probably one of the biggest disappointments in like as far as movies go in my life for expectations. For for
0: him to make Unbreakable and f- feeling like that's a standalone, just great movie. Yeah, and then him from him to Split. slide in there and sneak in Split like he did, and you're going, holy cow! Which also stands on
1: its own. Which stands on its, it's own. A great movie.
0: You're like he might have a chance of making a legitimate trilogy here, and he just it just. Was trash. Yeah, just straight trash. trash. I I give it a three out of ten just because of McAvoy. Yeah, just I, McAvoy. Anything's
1: noteworthy, it's McAvoy and you know the first twist. Works. The first twist, like maybe the first scene of the movie. Like I was into it. You know, I thought the opening was great, of where he goes into the guy's house where David Dunn is yeah. taking out yeah. people. I'm like it's okay, it's awesome. Like Go it's for it. showing him work, but then it just goes down.
0: This is terrible. Taylor, if you see M Night on the street, what are you saying to him? Huh. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> to, I don't want to utter it on the Say it out loud. <laughs> um, okay. Quick recap of other movies we did like for the year. Um, Morris wrote a great piece on his, their website, in the mood for film, in the mood for film dot film. net yep. um, about his top ten. So if you want a deep dive into the movies he really did like from last year, check that out. But the top of his list. Is one of the best horror movies I've seen, maybe in my life. Period. Yeah. I, I, I can't really compare it to any other that would actually be worth referencing. Because you know when you're young, and you see a scary movie? Yeah. It's different than when you're an adult. And, oh, yeah. Like, can kind of contextualize things. Freaking Hereditary.
1: Hereditary, in my opinion, is the greatest horror film I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those movies that. I think the reason, the main reason why I chose it as my number one, it affected me more than any other movie. It stayed with me more than any yeah. other movie. Um, but also, I haven't seen it since, because I'm scared to go see it. I've only it. seen it once. Yeah, I saw it once in theaters, and I have been very hesitant to revisit it. Real Payman! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Freaking pieman, Payman, Payman, dude. Dude, that movie is, and what's crazy, that is that it's Ari Aster as a director, it's his first movie.
0: That's insane. That's his first movie. And he, he has a
1: second movie coming out.
0: Did year. he do a few short movies before? Yeah, he has he some did, shorts. He did some shorts, never, right? I don't know what those are about. But. So can we say that I think Hereditary has one of the best trailers of all time. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Oh, yeah.
1: Marketing's fantastic.
0: Because that movie set... Because we talk about this. Trailers set the stage for what you're expecting when you yeah. see the movie. It, it completely... Throws you off the scent. Oh, 20
1: minutes in to Hereditary, oh you're gosh. like, all right, I have no idea what's going to happen in this movie. <laughs> you're in the like, dark. You kind of have an idea. It looks like the, the daughter is like – it's a possession movie. Right. Something's a the spirits in her. We've seen this before. She's 20 he- minutes in, it throws all that out the window.
0: Throws it out, leaves you going, And which is the biggest element you have to have in a horror movie is yeah. uncertainty. It's a real slow burn. Too. Very yeah, slow. It's it-
1: over two hours, and I didn't feel it. Didn't I wasn't filming. Some people I that we, I think
0: that I talked to about it were like, "That was boring. That was this." I'm like, "Because it's because it's not relying on jump scares no. and right. tacky horror gimmicks." No, that's why I liked about
1: it: the imagery, the cinematography. There are some images where, Holy like, cow!" You have to keep your second guessing yourself as the movie. You're like, "Did I just? What was that?" So like, did I just? I thought did I some just of the effects that? that they had were really cool. Yeah, too. very cool. Like during the
0: seance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that was that was well done. This is it, a spoilers the, pod, by the way. So yeah. It, so if you're, we're gonna just drop bombs in here. So just letting you know again. But I've always been scared of stop, like stop animation claymation type scenes, like freaking like Rudolph, Rednose Reindeer, the Abominable <laughs> Snowman scared me as like a seven year old. Like the thing's freaking weird. This movie, they use these set pieces that is Tony Collette's artwork. Yeah, like she's making scenes that end up being like representing parts of her life or fears from her it's almost life like
1: uh therapeutic you know for her. like right kind of a way to Wh-
0: which know. sets this super creepy ambience that you're like oh my gosh like you just see scenes like you're like oh, that could not have happened yeah right but they probably did happen and it it makes this whole world where like you said with the cinematography when they light up like the tree house at night yeah you're like what is going on in and then this like world. when there's
1: like a dark room, yeah, and like, she's up in the corner. Oh yeah, I remember watching there. There's that scene where she's up in the corner, uh-huh. and the son's in the bed, and I'm just watching. When my wife is like nudges me, she's like, "Do you see that?" I'm like, "See what?" Like I didn't even see, I didn't notice it. So I'm looking, I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah, yeah. She's in the corner. <laughs> like, it's so it, it it's just so meticulous, like in every aspect of how he. I thought it was. I thought him. it was he realistic exactly what he was doing.
0: too, like their relationships together. Oh, like, like yeah. the way that they deal with the dynamic, with, the family. Yeah, dynamic. the way they deal with grief. Like it dude. felt like that's how. It, I mean, those people Sp- would spoilers. Handle it. Yeah, if the you, mom and the son. Yeah, dude. If you were responsible for your sister's death, I mean, I feel like he would probably just shut down. No, he's, than, he's
1: wrecked the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it shows. It's not just something. Oh, sad, and then he can move on from it. Like, right. This is there's is so much to dissect. Um, Not only from a horror standpoint, but from like the family dynamics. Right. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, if fact we.
0: Didn't Ari Oster say that it was, he th- considered it a family drama? Yeah. Right? Not, Basically not so what much, it is. Which is what it yeah, is. He like, approached
1: that as it. he did that first, you know, and then added the horror second, which. Right. Dude, it's. Oh. They, the last 10 minutes of that movie. Oh, my God. Is some of the Ooh. most disturbing and just. I can't even like the, the way I was feeling through that, that movie, it stayed with me for a it few days. So I
0: think we saw it with we saw it with uh, it was me, Ben, and then Ben's wife, yeah, Natalie. She's been on the pod, yeah. Um, she, she doesn't have the same, I think, tolerance for horror as, as we do. No. Yeah. she was very disturbed, if oh, I remember I correctly, coming <laughs> out of that movie. She's like, why do
1: you take me to something? <laughs> she will never watch it again. <laughs>
0: I, yeah, I, I remember my wife liked it, but she's like, I don't do Satan shit. And I was like, yeah, yeah well, we, we literally <laughs> created Satan in this movie. So, <laughs> I mean, whenever you throw in a bunch of naked old people in the woods, like, I'm going to be scared a little bit. So if you like horror, that's definitely one you got to see.
1: Check out Hereditary. Hereditary is it a is much watch. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah.
0: Side um, note, quick side note. How are you guys feeling about Jordan Peele's upcoming new movie? I'm excited. Yeah, I think it looks good. Get Out was good. It's not as good as people say it is, my opinion. Um, But this looks like. I
1: haven't seen it since. I haven't revisited Get Out. I saw it once. I've seen it twice.
0: And seeing it the second time, it's really like, it's all like you can't un. Like, you know, sometimes you want that first experience time uh, watching a movie. Mm -hmm. You you cannot get that with Get Out. You see it once, you know. I just love how he fuses comedy with horror. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it like a unique movie experience. Right. No, it was, Get Out is good, and Us looks like he's really leaning into the horror side. Yeah. Right? That looks good. So that looks interesting. There's definitely some comedic elements to it, too. Yeah. From he, the trailer, at he's least. He's not too, like, serious. Yeah. Which is which is good for those kind of movies, because I think you need, like, a balance. Um, another great movie from early last year, 2018. Uh, that, February. Last February, that... I really liked I've only seen it once. Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Another movie you might have seen, maybe, in February. Annihilation with Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac, who's barely in the movie, actually.
1: Yeah. Didn't have much screen
0: time. I thought he'd get more to do. Um, honestly, that movie is way too complicated for me to go through the plot. Right. Honestly, because I could not coherently explain that to you. But the way that movie looks, the cycle... Psych- psychological madness that she slowly falls into and in that's throughout the plot of the movie and that ending scene dude whoa with the music i was mesmerized it's it has to be watched like you have to see that Yeah,
1: it, it is a visual feast you're my really, goodness like on audio and visual you're just yes. you're glued to the screen so
0: if you if you have no idea what the movie is So the whole premise is that there's almost like a it's almost like an upside down in Stranger Things type realm. But it's it's like a light prism. So the light starts out bended out really, really extreme, but then it comes into the prism equilibrium. It's like a dome, yeah. So the closer you are to where the two realms meet is where it's normal but the further out you go the weirder it gets and the more distorted it gets. So it's like altering like biology. Yeah. So visually as they go further out into this like dark world it like gets even weirder and weirder and more distorted what which I say, thought was really clever.
1: As far as like the, the you know horror movie of the year hereditary but the horror creature in annihilation <laughs> is the kind of thing that haunts your dreams forever. <laughs> the bear, the screaming.
0: Oh, the screaming bear. bear? Yeah. Dude. That, that was
1: disturbing shit. It was.
0: <laughs> That's a tense movie. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a trip of a movie
1: for sure. It's awesome.
0: It almost starts with the vibe of kind of like a rival, which is like kind of mysterious. Yeah, you know, like we're exploring this. Like let's see what it is. But then this just gets way creepier. Way more sci-fi. Than way sci-fi. It's it's really like really like the
1: video footage that they find of uh, like Oscarizing that in there and like me out dude. Kind of open the guy's stomach. Dude, some weird... Some cool it, shit. A, it's a great sci-fi It
0: watch. really is. It's worth at least one watch. You won't know probably what happened. I don't know what happened probably. It's kind of left open-ended, but it's it's worth a watch. It's really good. And then on a completely different note, Taylor's got a... What so, he wants to throw it out into the universe so here. Reflecting on last year, I had a lot of fun going to the movies in February and March. Another hidden gem I thought in February was Game Night. With Jason Bateman?
1: Yeah, I really He's, liked
0: Yeah, that guy. was fun. That was a good, that's a Great good comedy. Jesse a Plemons. He, he killed it. He's killing it. Everywhere it's he goes, man. He in a long time. It's just honorable mention for that. That was a, that's a good comedy if you're looking for one. Um, but in the so bad it's good category, I really enjoyed Hurricane Heist seeing that in theaters. I don't know if either of you have seen it. I haven't that. seen it. I
1: didn't watch it. It's the same director as uh, the first Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. And Stealth.
0: <laughs> oh, Stealth. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, so the whole premise, if you don't know what it is, is there's a group of people that are trying to rob the U.S. Treasury during a hurricane. But it takes place in the Florida-Bama coast. Nice. And it's just completely over the top and asinine, and the acting is terrible in it. So is there who is there any actor or actress we'd know? Uh, it's got uh, Kim from uh, from Taken series, Maggie Grace. Okay. Okay. We're in trouble. And it's got that the. That girl uh, can't even run. It's got the dude, the dude from uh, Black Mirror, the one who uh, can see like where you can play your memories back in the first season. I can't. I don't know. Okay, like, yeah. I don't know that guy's name. Yeah. yeah. That dude's the main. The British guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, so anyway, is it, it
1: not a ripoff from Hard Rain?
0: I haven't seen Hard Rain. So
1: I, I hadn't seen it either. Tommy Lee Jones, but they they rob a bank during a thunderstorm. I mean, it's it's probably a the same thing. Like movie
0: but yeah there's some great lines in it that are just so bad and cheesy it's on netflix if you're looking for something just to roast How, how's the weather effects are they shitty they're shitty, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. shitty those guys. bug me man uh, so yeah if you got time and you just want to waste your evening <laughs> go yep. watch hurricane Heist. okay so let's get into uh the oscars which this year people it's not great it's not i've okay. seen all the movies suck it haters I've seen every Best Picture nominee, so I can give you my honest, complete review without me being like, well, I haven't seen the movie, but it doesn't look good, or whatever. Did you hear that see... the, uh, the Academy was going to show, they weren't going to show cinematography yeah. or editing during or the makeup. actual show? How many things has the Academy flip-flopped on in this last year Dude. about the show?
1: You got the popular award. The popular award,
0: which I thought was a thing, and then I realized they had axed it like...
1: There's no host. It, no host. First, first they're gonna do host. Now they're not doing a host. and they're not, not gonna announce the awards. But now they are going to show uh. the awards. They can They don't know what the hell they're doing.
0: Why mess. would you not include cinematography in film editing on national television? If you guys are cutting a category, I mean, which ones are you thinking about cutting? Makeup, would, short live would, action film. My wife's gonna be pissed at you. Yeah.
1: I, I would probably go short live action.
0: Short live action. That's
1: probably nobody
0: one I would ever cut. sees those because
1: yeah, they are not in theaters. Whatever sorry. Kobe won
0: an Oscar the for, cut that. Like, <laughs> was that the short live action or which what? one was that? What what Oscar did Kobe win? Kobe. Bryant. Oh,
1: that was the animated short.
0: Animated short. Cut those. <laughs> cut those two.
1: So and they they. they... In Salt Lake, they do have – if you go to the Tower Theater, my wife and I, every year, we make an effort to go see the, the animated shorts. Okay. And it's actually I, – I like I bet them. that's fun. They're, they are fun, and they're awesome. And they also show the live-action ones, but I don't watch those ones. I just mm. – so there are there, – I guess there are settings. They only show them when they get nominated. But before then, who, how can you know about it? Unless you, know? you see the Disney short before the Disney movie. Yeah. That's the only way you Which, see Which the one
0: in Incredibles 2 was really weird.
1: The Asian... Uh, the one
0: with the dumplings? Bowel. Yeah, I like that one. It was good. It was good, but it, it was, was weird. Good. It's about growing up, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. It felt a little bit yeah, like... man. Can, it felt like... Love Candible your mother, dude. What the hell? Dig beneath the surface a little bit, man.
0: Dude, <laughs> think deeper, man. bad for you. You don't get anything out of Bow. It sucks for you. Gosh. So, we're going to go through this pretty quickly, because actually, the, Tay and Bilmo haven't seen a lot of these movies. Taylor's seen, seen more than half. Yeah. Um, I've only yeah. seen three. You've only seen two. This is, this is rough. So that kind of shows. I think every, there's been two. We've seen two for every movie. I'm pretty sure, Like, two of us have seen every movie. Okay. That's pretty good. I've seen. I, I, I blame this on
1: MoviePass, on the Mo- demise on, of MoviePass. <laughs> Movie MoviePass. Because guys, last guys. year, I saw every single one. I even saw The Post. Wow. I, mean, I, I like The Post. Meryl Streep's right. in it, right? <laughs> Go to hell.
0: The Post <laughs> is that is freaking, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep? Yeah, I, I would have passed on that one. It's garbage. Anyway, so I came up with a, a loose criteria. We'll see if this works or not. Four main categories, okay, to kind of objectively rate, objectively, subjectively rate movies. So the first category is is it fundamentally sound? So that's all the big parts of it sound, the story, cinematography, screenplay, acting. Do all those things come together in a package that works? You may not like the story, you may not like the premise, but like are those things executed well? Next aspect emotionally, mentally impactful. It goes back to like, did this movie stick with you? Did you like think about it after you walked out of the movie or did you walk out and you forgot you even saw it? That's like a huge indicator for me if a movie's good. Cause if I don't think about you after I saw it, like what's the point personally, yeah. actually there is a point sometimes to that anyway, this category is the hardest one for me to nail down what it is, but is it culturally reflective? Meaning is it like resonant with people in today, 2018 versus like any yeah. other year? Does that make sense to yeah. you guys at all? And then the last category, lasting prestige. Is this a movie that you would place in say like a classic category? Meaning like is it in the top 100 movies of your lifetime?
1: Is it in the Library of
0: Congress, you know, right. forever? exactly like this is a movie we're putting in you might go buy this would, movie. would a college professor 20 years from now make you watch it and write a paper a talk it. about it right so that would be an extremely selective group of movies right which i think you should consider yeah. when you're thinking about oscar nominees when they're telling you this is the best movie of the year so let's get to the nominees okay we're gonna go i think this is alphabetical basically black panther we all saw this movie <laughs> Got reactions from Black Panther. Let me start this off before we get into Black Panther, because there's going to be a, a lot of, uh, uh, this is going to be a polarizing movie, I think, for a lot yeah. of people. Just don't take it personally, <laughs> anything that we say <laughs> about Black Panther. We're talking strictly the movie, yeah. not, not what the movie yeah. means to you or anything like that. Just Black, Black Panther. Money it
1: made. How mass- much money?
0: It doesn't matter. Just talking about just as a movie. Yeah, as a movie. Okay. Straight up as a movie. What's your, what's your thoughts? Like Walking out of that movie, how, where did you feel like it landed for you? So as time's gone on, I'm going to say that I look at Black Panther less fondly the longer it's been since my initial viewing. Okay, so your first viewing, you were pretty like... There's, there were a few things I liked coming out of the theater right, right off the get-go last February. I thought that the villain was good. For a Marvel movie, I think it's probably one of the best villains. It's one of the
1: stronger points, for sure.
0: Like, the I can't think of a villain in almost any Marvel movie. Period. Because he actually had motives that you could understand and you can see where he's coming from. And he's not pure evil, he's just got a different perspective, outlook perspective. Yeah. yeah, he was badass and like he had like a, an angle he was so working So that was on. really my favorite part of Black Panther. But when you really think about it, it's straight up Lion King the plot (laughs) yeah yeah so do you just want to run through the categories no I I guess Mars what was your
1: gut I mean yeah Black Panther dude it's I'm taking it for what it is which is a Marvel movie that's what it is I don't know that it's doing anything more or less interesting than you know Thor you know what I mean like Doctor Strange Doctor Strange Spider-Man it it falls probably if I'm looking at in the Marvel canon of movies it's about falls right in the middle it's better than Iron Man 2, better than Thor 2, it's better than Captain America 1, probably. Um, you know, I mean, better than Avengers 2, but it's not as good as Guardians. It's not as good as Infinity War. Thor Ragnarok? Not as good as Thor Ragnarok. I would say Iron Man. Yeah, dude. It's. And I know why, obviously, it's conflating. I think it's just being conflated with look, it's an all black cast, which is great. Um, and it's made all this money, but that is not what the best picture nomination is about, right? right? It's not,
0: it's never been the criteria. And
1: I haven't thought about this movie really since, um, I saw it, I saw it once, um, and the CGI is terrible. CGI
0: is dog shit. <laughs> it
1: is dog shit.
0: <laughs> that knocks off like three points for me cause it's distractingly terrible. And
1: I was disappointed because I like Ryan Coogler a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, good. The way he helmed the creed. I mean, I was, that's one reason I was excited for this, because I'm like, he, this guy knows how to film a freaking action scene. I mean, that whole yeah. one shot, one take in Creed was incredible. Yep. The entire, like, climactic fight scene between Killmonger and Black Panther is 100% CGI rendered. Ugh. And it's, like, why? It's it, it was. It looked as good, if not worse, than Spider-Man 3. Yep. You really have, did. You have two great actors. Yeah. Who could give you the physicality you're looking totally. for. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And yet they just completely, that entire sequence where they fall down the pit and they're on like that train, like, r- you know, railway, or whatever that thing the is. Mine yeah, thing. The mine cart Yeah, the mine cart. Like, that is 100% CGI. And I could not, that was so distracting to me. And it's like.
0: And it frustrates me. Because for me, when I watched Black Panther and I rewatched it, I stand by the first two acts. Yeah. Actually, it's a really good movie. I, I thought it worked, it was paced well. It was kind of intricate with how they had some of these connections. The CGI was terrible the whole time, but you know that is whatever. The third act, it's literally just your standard Marvel movie, and they like just quit. And I hate that really like respective film critics give it a pass. Yeah. Like, that should have knocked it down so many notches. Like I do not understand how it got put in here no. for that ending. The ending is so bad. It is not a good movie f- because of the ending.
1: And here's a here's a gripe I have with uh the plot. Mm. Here's what doesn't make sense to me. So the whole thing is, you know, you the, you have that challenge to be the king of Wakanda, right? Uh-huh. And he beats out that guy um from that other tribe. He wins. So Michael B Jordan comes in and challenges um Chadwick Boseman to to T'challa. T'Challa and he beats him. Yeah. So why are they not okay with Michael B. Jordan just being the king? He did it fair and square, right? And isn't right. isn't Black Panther the one who kind of undermines the system? The system, and he what are the, which is Wakanda. weird. What it's what are like the
0: rules of Wakanda. Like if you lose a duel, can you like rebattle them? I don't even. Know. If, even if that's the case, he didn't. It's because he came remember, from a they... different tribe, right? That's why he got to, to challenge him again.
1: Well, did he? I thought. Well,
0: I mean, I like remember. Because what they do is, like, when they go to the waterfall, they ask the certain tribes of Wakanda, like, would you like to challenge for the throne? And then nobody does, like, because they're, like... But then then you have to be
1: blood, don't you? Because it was because Michael B. Jordan was discovered that he has a bloodline. Right. That he has the right to challenge.
0: Exactly. Because he was part of a tribe that didn't, you know, offer up before. But now he's blood. So then they think he's
1: dead... Black Panther yeah. falls and dies, and Michael B. Jordan's running things because that's how they run their political that's system in works. Wakanda. That's he, how it then
0: works. He, then he gets the super serum. And, yeah,
1: and he <laughs> cheats basically. Yeah, he Black Panther cheats his way back in to undermine the system. So why? It's it's kind of weird. It's kind of like weird. that's kind of supply if they respect Wakanda so much, like oh we only love it when. Good people are in power. In power. But and when I'm, they're not, we're going to undermine the whole system. I'm, I'm
0: kind of on Michael B. Jordan's side with the, let's use our resources to help yeah.
1: people. You yeah. understand him, and that's why he's a good villain. Because the, you actually understand, what and you can actually side with him.
0: I thought that when I watched him, I'm like, I'm kind of disagreeing with Tatala here. Just sitting on your wealth and not getting involved. And I feel like... In Switzerland. I, Chadwick Bosman is an amazing actor. Yeah. But I feel like his Black Panther performance is really flat. Like, I don't get a lot of emotion from him he does, he's not a really dynamic character he's right just kind of static yeah. throughout the whole like and that's and kind of how like thor was when he started where he was just kind of like oh i'm, I'm thor and he's just kind of like doesn't understand earth culture and that's like the yeah. joke but then like now he's like a full-blown like personality oh, he's yeah. funny and he's, he's funny. totally fleshed out yeah and i hope like because he's gonna be around i hope chad boswick gets to that point where he has like some kind of tick that makes him yeah. who he is because right now i think he's pretty flat you, you can tell that marvel didn't anticipate black panther being as big as it was yeah no. because <laughs> of his no because of his screen time and infinity he, work yeah he he's flat barely footers. in that movie right yeah so when i went through it i gave this a five for fundamentals i gave it a three for emotional impact i really didn't think about this movie after i saw it yeah i said it's an eight because clearly like pop culture has really connected with yeah. this movie like and there's a lot of like Like, what are those jokes and stuff in the movie that, like, kind of show our culture? I don't think this has any lasting prestige. Arguments?
1: I'm I'm in accordance. Okay. With that. Definitely
0: the most culturally reflective movie of 2018. For sure. Yeah. It was a cultural phenomenon. Right. It became bigger than a Marvel movie. That's why it's nominated. Yeah. It became bigger than a Marvel movie. Which, if that's how the Academy is going to work, like, how it's just, like, what is. the Where's Infinity War?
1: Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I thought Infinity War was a much Every, movie. Okay, everyone saw that movie. And it was a better movie. Yeah, totally. I, I was through I probably said it on the pod. I thought the movie was gonna be dog shit. I thought it was gonna be too many things, they're juggling too many yeah. balls, it was gonna not be good. But somehow they made a coherent and movie. And Josh Brolin brought it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Thanos was pretty good. Best Marvel villain I think in the whole franchise. Somehow. I mean there's definitely some inconsistencies with that story, which we're not gonna get into. No, but we don't have time. but it that movie probably should have been considered over Black Panther, but whatever. Okay, Black Klansmen. We've all seen this movie as well. This one's fresh for me. I saw it yesterday. Yeah, we can. I don't. How are we doing on time today? We're we taking too long. We're fifty minutes in. We're doing great. <laughs> We're doing good. We're hardly. We've barely started. Okay, so Black Klansman. Um, brief synopsis. This is a story about a black police officer in the seventies in Colorado who ends up impersonating a white supremacist. And infiltrates and the Ku Klux Klan. Over the phone, which he then has his white cop counterpart pretend to be him, which is kind of convoluted when you think about it. Why wouldn't he just do all of it? The, the other guy, right? Adam Driver? Yeah. It kind of would have simplified things, but the way he delivered the lines I guess made it what it was. So anyway, that's kind of the basic plot, is yeah. this infiltration it's, into it's, the KKK. It's based on true events. Yeah. I guess it's based off the black guy who in the 70s, wrote a book about it, and that's what the movie's based off.
1: John, is it
0: Stallworth? Ron, Ron, Ron Stallworth. Stallworth. Ron Stallworth, yeah. Um, this is a Spike Lee movie, which there's definitely Spike Lee's fingerprints. All over it. All over it. it. I haven't seen many of Spike Lee's stuff.
1: I haven't either. After watching that at Black Klansman, I thought, I mean, he's such a well-known director, has his impact on cinema. I haven't seen... Even half of his movies. He
0: kind of had his heyday in the nineties. Yeah. It feels like, Malcolm right?
1: X and do the right thing. Do the right thing, and all. Um, of... What was the other one? Have you, have you seen Twenty Fifth Hour? I haven't. Ed Norton and Hoffman. That's. That is that a Spike Lee? Of, yeah, it came out in the early two thousands. It's a great movie.
0: It's interesting how like a person like that. It's like he doesn't have a lot of movies people really know, but everyone knows who he is.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So, uh, so this is his movie. A lot of people are saying this is like his like uh, makeup. Oscar nominee yeah. for his past work, which is kind of like Leo getting the Oscar for the revenant um, this movie, I liked it yeah, I did too um I enjoyed it going through it, the things that I thought worked really well was that the story was really interesting. It had a really interesting dynamic about being black in the seventies and being a cop mm-hmm. when you have like your contemporaries your your cultural like ethnic group being objectively against. The police force because of racism and the horrible things they were doing. So, kind of seeing that dynamic was interesting. I didn't feel like it was preachy or on a
1: no. soapbox, no. and that's what I really enjoyed. Is that which it is sh- impressive from a Spike Lee standpoint? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Usually he's just especially gonna, considering the ending. We, oh yeah, we can consider the ending, but we can walk through. I that. mean, because it kind of showed it,
0: it kind of shows the flaws in the in the black protesting group and the Ku Klux Klan, yeah, and the police. Shows both it sides. showed the flaws in all showed of both them. sides, and it showed the similarities between them too. So there was a nice nuance there. Um, What I didn't like is the music kind of got annoying to me. It kind of had that same guitar riff that they kind of just kept playing over and over. That's not fresh in my head. Um, I know know what you're talking about. That's a nitpick, but he kind of just kept doing that over and over. The music didn't feel like it fit right. It felt kind of not well. I will say,
1: I think one of my favorite scenes was the dance scene. With him and that black activist chick.
0: Oh yeah, That
1: was a that was a was great nice. scene. It was a nice scene. I love a good dance scene in a movie.
0: That was really good. Was they looked like they were having moment. a really good time. Yeah, you, you could totally song, tell there was some tributes to black exploitation films. Yeah, of the seventies. Sure. Yeah, there were some definite subtleties there. Um, I didn't like the ending. The way the ending shot was filmed. Yeah. With like the explosion and stuff, it was kind of it was really confusing. I felt like that needed like a, a tighter. I don't know. Well, I didn't. I didn't understand how it all wrapped up the way that it did. Yeah. From what happened. Right. I'm saying, did you find proof that she set the bomb? How did you tie in the her husband and the other members of the clan? Like, how did that all solve itself? Right. It, and and how is he not worried about the clan coming back to hurt him? To hurt him now because they yeah. know who he is. Right. It's it was not. It was wrapped up too well. For, for a way, true story. For a true you know, story. He had
1: stuff to work with, obviously. Right. It's like, yeah, why did you choose to end it the way he did? And like we were talking before, the end credit scene. So after the movie's over, you get the the blatant, you know, tie-in to modern day. You know, this can tie into the cultural. Is he's really trying to say, look, everything you just watched is still 100% relevant, if not right. more prevalent today. As far as Trump's America, Trump, you know, and they show clips of the Charlottesville Mm -hmm. thing, which is awful. And then what, what I didn't like about that, I mean, Spike Lee, it's not surprising really coming from Spike Lee. He likes, he's an activist filmmaker, like he wants to get his points across and everything. But what I didn't like is it completely contradicted, I think, the feeling that I was feeling throughout Black Klansman. Like, you know, like... We have our racial differences, and there's mm-hmm. bad stuff that's going on. But like, it shows how they we work together. And yeah. It shows how they can resolve, and they're still good in people. And I kind I like that. I like that drawing that connection, and that's how I felt. And then I see the Trump thing, and I'm just like, oh,
0: yeah, it's kind of throwing it. Okay, out the window. Yeah, yeah, he
1: just threw all that out the window, and it's, it's like,
0: yeah, as soon as he showed that footage, it was like he grabbed a hammer and he was just beating me over the head. Exactly.
1: Like, and it was just like, dude.
0: Yeah, I agree 100. And. It, with the movie itself, they show this a uh, like horrible white cop that's a yeah. racist throughout the movie, right? And it's always like, how is that guy going to get his justice? And at the last scene of the movie, they show them tricking him into indicting or in um, what's the word? Essentially, showing he is Self-incriminating. a piece of self incriminating, self incriminating him. Working together, you know, black cops, white cops, yeah, and they take him away, and it's like, okay, we're making yeah, progress. So
1: white cops and black cops can work together to take out shitty people. Exactly, that's what it is. It's like.
0: Right, and There's I like not that. sides. That was like that was a nice part, you know. And then it was like they're all together having a great time at the bar. Like that's a great way to end the movie. And then they put that part in.
1: Yeah, then it just like, it throws oh. all that to shit. I'm like, now I'm leaving the theater with an awful feeling. Inside. Right, like
0: why? Why? That's just I don't know. it's not I don't a like. place. It's not a place to like taint your movie like that. Right. like at the at the last minute.
1: And he was already kind of on the nose, like subtle references to like Trump and like which you is know, fine. like from David Duke and everything. Yeah, which is yeah, it's like. That's fine. That's fine. But then you just, you're preaching to us. Was that
0: Topher Grace? Yeah. Yeah, Topher Grace was David Grace. He's good. I enjoyed those phone call scenes. They were funny. They were really Just him trolling him? Yep. Yep. So there's definitely some great movies in this movie. Um, I gave it probably a six for the fundamentals, a five for the emotional impact, a six for the bigger statement, like for the cultural reflectiveness. And then I didn't think this had any lasting prestige. Yeah, lasting prestige is
1: hard. That's, that's a tough category. Because, that's a hard uh, one. It's not, it's not common a movie's going to stay with you the way like Hereditary would. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> it's got a
0: like, really... A different way. But yeah. I'm going to give it a seven on fundamentals. I've waffled on this. You could convince I me thought it was a, I thought it was a well-made movie. I didn't feel like good dialogue. Yeah. I felt like it was well-written. I thought it flowed pretty well. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, but I I don't think it's going to be one that we're going to be talking about for decades, right? To come, right? It was trying to be that that culturally representative, but I didn't. I didn't think it was nuanced enough at the end by throwing in the riot footage. Yeah, because it it was like too long too. It wasn't just like a minute. It was like probably five or six minutes of the last of straight riot footage. Yeah, people get hit by cars and stuff. Like it's pretty extreme. Yeah. Okay, um, so these
1: next few I have not. You guys can. I might ask a few questions, but I have not seen these
0: next. I'm surprised you haven't movies. seen Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm surprised too. Okay. Are you a Queen fan? Sure, as you know, much as anybody. I like,
1: yeah, I mean, I like if their songs come on that I know, I'll I'll keep it on. I like Queen. So I'm not a huge like fanatic.
0: Yeah, this movie is the definition of a like a popcorn movie. It's the equivalent of just seeing like a fast and furious movie. You're going to sit down, you're going to watch it, you're going to see some stuff, you, and if you're into that, you're going to love it, and you're going to walk out and forget you ever saw it. That's how I felt about this movie. Like, yes, it's fun. They they had some music I knew, some music I love. Some of these shots are like really like on point. Rami Malek is really good. Like he's great. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not a great movie. I I would not put my yeah. I'm a pretty big Queen fan and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the performance scenes. I thought they were really well done. That's what everyone right.
1: says. Everyone I talk to you say the, pro, like the, the concerts. like the concerts are great is like it's just eye candy. Yeah. So that's that's why you're there.
0: When you really feel the energy that was probably there. Right. Like you get to experience that. You do. Obviously we weren't alive when they were in their prime and heyday and, and touring and so you get to experience that. And having watched a lot of biopics like on musicians and stuff. I'd say the the music scenes are are pretty exciting. I'd say it's like on par with. Have you seen The Doors with Val Kilmer? I haven't. I haven't. seen that. Those are pretty good too. For me, I gave this movie a five. The acting is is good. The music's great. Obviously, Will Rami
1: Malik pull off best actor? Do you think? None. My. He won opinion. the SAG. He won the Screen Actors Guild. He's Award. the
0: favorite right now to win.
1: Yeah, and he won the Golden Globe, so which probably
0: which feels more like people want to tribute freddie mercury right you know post-death more than anything because he's good like he's not like yeah, i heard he's pretty solid. like how would you say he's bad like i don't i don't see any way to knock him no, he he had a great performance right if, he, if you put side-by-side footage of him right in freddie mercury like it's and he had to wear those giant teeth those teeth implants yeah. it's extreme like he yeah I, I haven't watched a lot of footage of freddie mercury so i don't know exactly how on point he is but, like, it's a very convincing role. So, like, after I saw this movie, I went and watched the live-aid performance. Uh-huh. It's, like, spot on. Spot on, frame by frame. Hmm. Yeah. So, but there's a lot of controversy with this movie as a whole with the... Brian Singer. Brian Singer yeah. and the director. We, we won't go into any of that. But uh, for me, I gave it a 5 for the fundamentals. I gave it a 2 for the emotional impact. I gave it a 4 for the culturally reflective, because people still love Queen and i don't think it has any lasting prestige it's definitely a meh. it's a popcorn movie it's, it's not one you're gonna movie. be thinking about it's not one let's say 20 years from now people are asking like it's what crowd movies you got to see it's a it. crowd pleaser yeah and they really had a lot of revisionist history going on a lot I'll which really makes about. it hard because you're you're trying to tell a, a true story right that's what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and it's like the facts are just all over the place so it's distracting from that point all right any other comments okay yep. cool um, uh, I'm the only one that's seen this one, the favorite. This is by Yorgos Lith- Lanthimos. Yeah. Uh he directed The Lobster and The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I like both of those movies. Um, A Killing of a Sacred Deer I think I liked more, even though it was way, way darker than The Lobster. This movie is a fun balance for him. It's not quite as heavy as The Sacred Deer. Um it's it's tighter than the lobster was cuz the, the lobster felt kind of like disjointed at parts for me. Yeah. Um this is it revolves around three characters, Emma Stone, uh, Rachel Weiss, and Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman's the queen. Rachel Weiss is her like trusted assistant and um Emma Stone is the cousin of it's like Rachel Weiss. For right. It's just like it favor. says like the favor of the queen. And so the queen is it it ends up being this spoiler. So you guys want spoilers or should I just like pass over it?
1: No, I, I've heard enough about it that you can – I can say like can generally. Spo- yeah.
0: So it's like this psychosexual drama. Yeah. Right? Where you find out that the queen is actually like a lesbian. Lesbian, yeah. With Rachel Weisz's character. And that's kind of like their connection goes way back. They've been together. But Emma Stone, who starts out as like essentially like a peasant – slowly gains favor through her manipulative ways and kind of slips into the role of Rachel Weiss And they're kind of like this competing like, tension between them throughout the whole movie. Um, it's, it's funny. It's kind of dark. It's interesting the way he kind of plays with the dialogue between them. Um, the biggest flaw for this movie is the ending. The ending ends in a place that is so unsatisfying for me. I, I left being really kind of mad. Just because it felt so blah, it was like he didn't mm. know how to wrap it up. He just kind of was like, "Okay, movie's done." And Does it have those Oscar bait tropes? In what sense? Like, so this is like a British I mean, movie. Like, when you, so like when you were watching times. this, were you like, "This is Oscar bait." No, no, no. It's it's so on point with his style. The way he films things is very interesting. I heard it's beautiful. It's beautifully like, shot. The costumes. I, heard. I hate. I hate medieval time British shit. Right. I can't stand it. I fall right asleep. This movie, the way he mixes in contemporary dialogue with like old dialogue with the set pieces, the costumes, it all works really, really well. Hmm. Emma Stone's performance is very convincing um, she's yeah, it's just very like in your face i I felt like from a fundamentals, this is an eight with the ending being the real knock against it um five it it, it kind of like for like the emotional impact. You really think about love and power and like how your like self-interest mixes into it because yeah. at a certain point it's like Emma Stone was doing everything she was doing just to like survive. Like to raise her status because her status was going to be terrible. They show like how terrible it would have been back in those days to be a peasant. Um and then kind of this movie like from a culturally reflective standpoint, it's all about women. Men are props to them. Like all the power revolves around them. Which is kind of like turning things on its head because male-driven, you know, dramas mm-hmm. and generally with movies. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, it's not my favorite movie by him, but it, it's really good. It's worth a watch. Yes. So I say it's a it's a no on lasting like cultural like lasting um, prestige as well. It's not like the greatest movie by time. <coughs> so that's the favorite. Green right. Book. Taylor, you saw the Green Book. <coughs> I did see the Green Book. It's got Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen. Ooh, I thought they were both fantastic. And the guy
1: who directed Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, Peter <laughs> Farrelly. Yeah. yeah,
0: I didn't expect it. I didn't know that going into it. I was like a Farrelly brothers movie. That's right. A, that's... I think it was just
1: him. I don't think it was a yeah. Yeah, it it was was just one. Just of Peter. Them. I, know,
0: I just I put lump them together. Yeah. And it was the screenplay was written by uh, Viggo Mortensen's character, son. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he was the kind of the champion for this movie, getting it made. I think he's been trying for a while to get this story told. So basically, the, the premise is Viggo Mortensen, Tony Lip, is, um. sorry, Tony Lip is the driver for Mahershala Ali's character, who's a famous concert pianist, and he's going doing a music tour in the South, and he needs protection, basically. Because Marshall all is black. Which, and it's in the 60s.
1: And he's gay? Is that right?
0: Whoa, no. spoiler, <laughs> spoiler.
1: I th- no, no, I didn't think that was a spoiler. No, it's okay. I, it, I haven't seen the movie, it's a, and it's I knew a, that.
0: It's like a, like a very like, small part of it. Do they not play to it? No, okay. no, it's hardly in it. There's one scene. But anyway, I, I thought they had a lot of good chemistry, the two characters. And it was an, there were moments that I was laughing, and it was an enjoyable experience. I... Didn't like seeing the trailer. I was like, "Eh, that looks like okay." Right. It's like, I didn't felt. Think anything about it. I really liked it. I had a great time. It was fun. It was well edited. Everything about it, I thought, worked really well. And I've heard the controversy around the movie about how minorities don't like the movie and it like you know poorly reflects their interests and things and kind of how complex that is. I have a hard time finding it, so uh, I don't You're know. You're not woke. I guess I'm not woke, I don't know what that says about me. I do understand how, like Viggo Mortensen's character at the very beginning of the movie is shown to be extremely racist, like like super racist. Not in like a real obvious way towards them, but like it's clear he's a, he's a racist, and maybe he doesn't like pay for it enough in the movie, which I think is one of the criticisms. Like he kind of just becomes best friends with Mahershala. But were, were you getting the white savior vibes? That's what people say. I didn't sense it as much. I saw two people that had their own issues that they both had to work through together. Like, they needed each other's, like, perspectives to figure out how to be the better version of themselves. That's, that's what I got out of it. I definitely thought that they acted like they were equals. Right. And, and yeah, yeah, to say that Vegan Wurzen didn't have any flaws and he taught Mahershala Ali how to be a good person, like, that no way. Like, he was trash, <laughs> like, yeah, which was I've, fun to watch.
1: I've heard this was, like, the... This is, like, an audience favorite. Like, this is a definite crowd kind of audience. So you go walk in, you have a great time, and you leave happy.
0: I laughed a lot. I, I thought it was, like, well, like, restrained. Because sometimes, like, you see, like, some movies with racism, and it's so, so over the top. Like, I'm sure over the top things happened. But, like, they show, like, the day-to-day how things would have been for people. Yeah. Which I think was really effective. Like, because a lot of, it. of it's like white people screaming the n word, beating them up and stuff. Yeah. But in this movie, it's more like um, we'd like we have a dressing room for you, but it's in the back closet of our kitchen. Like that's where you get to go, right. and like where it's like we're nice to your face, or like like Marshall Ali asks to use the bathroom in one place. He's playing his house. It's his plantation. It's like house. a plantation. It's like super like nice, nah, the like, the owner of the house, he's like, where's the restroom? He's like, oh, you get to use the outhouse in the back. And he's, like, the main event of the evening. Like, yeah. the main They paid him to, to distinguish out. guests. He's, right. like, he's like, sorry, I don't make the rules. Like, and he's real, like, nice about it. Yeah, it shows, like, the institutional so, racism. Yeah, zone, so it man. shows that, like, they're not, like, it's like, you're... It's it's different than like just flat out we're gonna beat you in right. treat you like crap like we're gonna be like fake to your face and then so I thought that was interesting because you don't see that a lot in these types of movies right so uh, I highly recommend this one Morris this was a this was a great time I gave it a nine for the fundamentals I gave it a seven on like the emotional mental impact just because of like their friendship and just kind of the subtleties of race relations um, five for like cultural impact. But I still don't think this is like a lasting like Pantheon movie. I think it'll be one I look on fondly. Yeah. In the future. Like if it, I see it on a Netflix list or whatever, I'm like, oh, that was good. I like that. But yeah, I don't see lasting prestige. Right. It's not a must see. It's, it's, yeah, I would see it. You'll be better off seeing it than not seeing it. Yeah. Right. And it's PG 13, so you can see it with your family. <laughs> you can tell your parents to watch it. It's, it's good. All right, we're almost done. Roma, you've seen this one. So I have seen this you one. You get to take the synopsis on this one. All right, so
1: Roma um, takes place in Mexico City in the mm-hmm. 1970s. It surrounds this somewhat you know, wealthy family, um, kids, the husband works a lot, and there's a maid, you know, like a caretaker that lives with the family in the house, has her own little place. And I think does she live with her mom too? I'm trying to remember.
0: It was like her like friend or cousin yeah. So or there's something. like two
1: of them, and they kind of have their their own little place that they stay with the family. And it it's it's about life. It's about her life. Yeah. I mean, in this time, and it's about family in that time, and that's as like basic and general as it gets. I mean, um, what I liked about this movie is it didn't feel like this was really trying to be about anything, right? Like. I mean, it is about stuff. I mean, you can grab stuff from it, but I wasn't trying. It didn't feel like it was going in with a message it was trying to get to you. This is just like a very honest snippet, you know, take of someone's life and the tragedy and grief that's involved and kind of the, um, you know, shortcomings in life. And then also kind of what we need to realize in life, what we need to appreciate that's in our life and amidst all this chaos and all this stuff that can happen curveballs that happen in our life and it's kind of just a beautiful movie it's in every sense of the word
0: it's weird to see black and white high definition
1: yeah it is the most one of the most probably the most beautifully shot movie i've seen this year yeah it looks incredible
0: it's surprisingly effective the way he shot everything
1: so alfonso cuaron um he did gravity and he did uh what's the other one children of men Mm. so he's talented director he knows what he's doing but it's it's just an interesting choice. I mean, like like I said, like I, I I don't know that there's like a main message that the movie's trying to get across. You're just it, it reminded me of Manchester by the Sea. It's similar. This is like a foreign, older Manchester, where Manchester was just a snippet of this guy in his life dealing with issues and his family, very real, honest take on yeah. someone's life. Same kind of thing with Roma. It's just a different time period, different person, um, different things that happen. And it's, it's really sad. Yeah. I told my wife, you will not watch this movie, especially oh, no. while you're carrying our child, because yep. there is a devastating scene in this movie. Um, you also see some nude karate, which is interesting.
0: Can we, <laughs> of all these best picture noms, and I'm even including for Adam McKay, uh, Dick Cheney in here. The dude that knocks her up is the biggest villain of all the movies. Oh, dude. That guy is the biggest piece of shit. Yeah, he totally Nude is. Nude karate guy. Yep. Which was pretty not necessary. No, I it think it was about really that bizarre. Pretty bizarro.
1: I mean, it just shows how off that guy was. I mean, he's... Yeah. yeah, dude. That guy's a piece of shit. I um, hate that guy. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of my take. It's a very well-directed, beautifully shot, like, masterful work by Alfonso Cuaron and it's just it's a beautiful movie
0: is and this is. is the odds on favorite to win the best picture the only, by odds
1: I mean again I for only having seen three of these movies um, I think what might not lead to its win or what, what will lead to its win is the fact that um, it's nominated for best foreign film as well so it's nominated for Best Foreign Movie and Best Picture. Twofer. So huh. it's going to win foreign film. Yeah. I'll be very surprised if it doesn't take foreign film.
0: Should we put but some money down? We could take so we put <laughs> some money down.
1: I put money down what? on foreign film for this. Okay, let's uh, do it. Let's Best Picture, capital. Though, that's what's so weird about this year's Oscars. I cannot gauge any of these movies. I, can, I don't think yeah. anyone can – there's no sure shot. And see, I mean, again, I haven't seen, you have more of a take than I do on that. But, but like, like I
0: said, I don't have a clue. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know, like, the criteria they're using when you look at the different movies we have in here.
1: It's so bizarre to see, like, Roma and Bohemia next to each other. Like,
0: it's are bizarre. Are two
1: completely different movies? If, uh, or Black com- Panther, for hell's sake. Panther. I, <laughs> Black honestly, Panther and Roma are in the same category. category. Right. Like, that makes zero sense
0: to me. It's all over the place this year.
1: That's, the Oscars do not know what they're doing.
0: They really don't. I don't get it. Uh, Roma was beautiful. Yeah. And Netflix like they're up in the quality. To yeah. Wow. Like they're really finding some cool projects to work on. Um, again, this is like a minimalist movie though. Like if you're going into like like be entertained, it's not for you.
1: No, it's a it, this is an art house. This it's is an clearly art house movie. like an art house movie. Dialogue, there's no no, it's not really even like... It's not, I don't remember it being that funny. It's, it's really just like... It's kind of the same with Manchester. There were kind of funny moments they could yeah. throw in, but like, yeah, it's just a snippet of real life and really shitty things happen. A few and gut then, punches. Yep, and then kind of some real beautiful moments Beautiful moments happening as a result. So, good, really good movie.
0: You want to give us your scores? Sorry, you're uh, kind of being influenced by my scores. No, I know,
1: because I, I, I kind of agree with your scores. So, you have an 8... For fundamental, yeah, I, I I might even go, I might push that to a nine or a ten. You could fight that as a cinematography and realism. Um, number six is what? What's the category? That'd for be six? like
0: emotional impact. I
1: like get lasting with you. I'm gonna go. So you have a six. I would go seven or eight.
0: Give you the feels. Yeah, I I, mean, I, I welled up. I cried a little bit.
1: If you don't well up, I, you you might not be human. <laughs> it's got to
0: uh-huh. be a seven or eight if it gives you the feels like that. Yeah, I think for a woman it would be more impactful.
1: Yeah, and I wish I saw this in the theater. My brother saw this in the theater, and I think you would—I would have had a much different experience. Yeah, having experienced that all at once, just on the big screen. Yeah, like
0: i I paused it a few times to do some random things. It changes the
1: Netflix definitely tempts you to change your viewing experience, right? Um, And then cultural impact? impact. Yeah, cultural impact. Yeah, that, uh, you have it a four. I'd probably agree around that. It's not trying. I mean, it's definitely a, probably for the time, you know, it probably got the cultural aspect. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't know, but it looks like. So you're he saying it, it, it probably head.
0: reflects a really small portion of the population like that could yeah. relate to this scenario. Yeah. This is yeah. a love story project. Yeah, like, for Like her, Mexico. The in the. the I think
1: this quarrens reflection of his childhood, childhood yeah. growing up. So that kind of makes sense. Um, and then prestige.
0: You throw it in there. I don't know. It's hard. Did you throw it in there? I didn't. If it wins, does that affect its lasting prestige? I don't know. Yeah, it, maybe. I don't I, know. I just don't ever see myself saying, like, this is a movie you've got to see. I
1: mean, look, Moonlight one There's no lasting prestige Moonlight. in that movie. I haven't
2: seen
0: Moonlight. No,
1: no one's talking about that movie anymore. You know who people are still talking about? La La Land? <laughs> <laughs> people are still talking uh, about I'm La, talking La Land. are still <laughs> watching that because it's a great movie. Crash? I still like – I actually like – I'm a, a very big minority. You're a huge minority. I hated Crash. I, I actually liked Crash, and I still Morris like it. Morris is
0: Crash. on two camps where he's uh, the biggest minority. <laughs> uh, Nick Cage hey. and <laughs> Crash is a great movie. Hey. He's, he's turned out to be right about Nick Cage, but we can get into Nick that Cage, later. Yeah. Oh, that's a different pod.
1: Anyway, so yeah, Roma, um, Lasting Prestige. Siege. I mean, from a filmmaking standpoint, yes. But as like a movie, am I going to remember this forever? Am I going to rewatch it anytime soon? No.
0: But it's so. one, if you're a film buff and you want to make movies, it's one you should probably check out.
1: It is one, if you're a professor, you're, you're probably showing it.: You're showing it, yep. It is very, it is extremely well-crafted. It is. By every sense of the word.
0: Yeah, if you're a film nerd, you'll want to watch this movie. Yep. Okay, now here's my, finally, my favorite. Your favorite? My favorite. A Star is Born. I... I guess it's time to let the old ways die. I think so. I, I love this movie. You lo- you movie. love Bradley Cooper's drunken mumble for two yeah, hours. Jackson, you're main. into that. Yeah, Lady Gaga's massive nose. I don't stumbling around. Yeah. I thought this movie worked. I liked it all. I thought that the, the have
1: have we all seen this
0: one? I haven't seen this one. So this lo- is
1: one, I I wish I tried to go see this. I'm, I will see it before. I know my wife really wants to see it. Um, we'll get around to seeing it. I wish I had so I haven't
0: had time. My wife really liked this movie, but her favorite movie, like I asked her last night, like what's your favorite of these movies you've seen? She's like, "I'd pick Bohemian Rhapsody." <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. Yeah, cuz she loves Queen. It's Interesting. like like for people that are like normal, like I think they just a casual movie goer, the movie that made them feel happiest, is the movie they're going to pick is the best picture. And she's like, "Why do I want to be like think about A Star is Born anymore like after I saw it? Cuz it's a freaking bummer." Right, But for me, it was like that dynamic between Gaga and Bradley Cooper was so believable. And the, the way that you had one guy coming down off the top of the mountain and somebody else going up at the same time was a really interesting reflection point. The one thing I don't like about it, as far as its relation to the Academy, is the Academy eats up anything around show business. Which is weird why this movie is not getting any love. Which I thought this, is, this would be the clear favorite just based on that alone. That it's all about show business. Right. I mean, you, you get some great performances from Sam Elliott, but he's barely in the movie. Yeah, he's, he's got maybe three or four scenes. Like, I'm always curious how they figure out who the supports are. Yeah. Like, Adam Driver, like, yeah. Like, he was in the movie the whole movie. Yeah. Sam Elliott, like he showed up in, like, four scenes. I've heard he's really good. He's great where when he's there. They're good scenes. I think it's literally him just backing out of the driveway. It's that look he gives. <laughs> 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 that did not look like it. <laughs> I wish I would have played Joe's face <laughs> right now. Him backing out of the driveway after being told he was the guy that Jackson Maine emulated. You know, like I don't know how you get there, but I thought the music. The Whole scene, the first build up to getting Lady Gaga on stage with Bradley Cooper. Spoilers, too. So, yeah, I'll try. I, and
1: I know what happens. I haven't seen it, but I know it. You happens. know, it happens. Because it's a remake of two. Right. This movie's been made twice before. Right.
0: So. That scene of her coming on stage and then singing that song with him. Shallow. Yeah, it was so well shot. I thought it was the best scene out of it. That, any that of gave these. me the feels. That was a powerful scene. It was. And like showing her, like, Getting there and going through the concourses and, like, having worked at, like, an arena before, like, a small one, but, like, seeing, like, how that, like, process was, like, it felt very real. And the way the movie shot, which is, like, this is, like, a freaking snub for Cooper. Like, none of the shots look unrealistic. And, you know, like, sometimes you get, like, stadium movies. Like, you get these weird, like, yeah, yeah. crowd shots that kind of pull you out of it. None of that happens. It's a lot of close-ups. It feels very intimate the whole time. So... Were you as impressed with Lady Gaga's performance? I as... loved her. I, I felt she was very convincing. I felt like Bradley Cooper was doing most of the heavy lifting as far as the I acting. disagree with that. I found that Lady Gaga was the like charismatic. I thought she could perform she was performing everything she was doing on screen. So was Bradley Cooper. But like I thought that she was the real star of the show. That was my opinion. Yeah. You thought but you thought Bradley was more the Yeah, I feel like he was kinda doing like like I said like doing the heavy lifting like giving her stuff to work off of. I really felt like the foil of both of them like bouncing off each other made the movie as good as it was for me cuz I felt their chemistry felt really real. Yeah. And that kind of propelled it. And like spoiler, the whole ending, like we talked about this yesterday a little bit, but the manager is such an asshole in this movie. He essentially calls out Junkie Bradley Cooper for being a junkie and is like you're never going to get better you're always going to be a piece of shit and your addiction, like maybe you're on like the, the high right now where you're not doing what you're doing, but eventually you're going to fall again. Like that gut punch to Cooper and seeing how he processed that was pretty devastating, you know? So like from the high of like what shallow was into the low of what that was, that felt like to me, the most resonant film of this category. I don't particularly like the ending. Yeah. Um, The song wasn't great. Well, the song's not great. I didn't feel that it was entirely realistic for where he was in his life to listen to what one asshole manager says and then just end it all because he'd made changes in his life. Like, But think about how vulnerable he was in that moment. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, like, the already the doubts he was having about himself. Yeah. I mean... Just saying, like I think it, I think it worked. I think it, like, was like the right time, right moment to really, like, devastate him. So that's my opinion. Um, It's worth a watch. I gave it a nine for the fundamentals, just because I thought it did exactly what it wanted to do. Kept everything real tight, real intimate. I thought all the pieces worked. I don't know if I give it that high, especially from your description of Roma. Um, I, I feel like there wasn't anything like from a cinematography perspective that really, like, stood out for me to be, like, amazing. Like, it felt kind of like your typical, like, showbiz concert movie. I mean, I did, like, kind of the the things that they showed, like, going to the arena or how they shot the performances, but, like, compared to, like, the creativity I saw with, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, even, or anything like that, I felt like this was a small... The movie, they were big stars, but I feel like this is a really small, intimate movie. Not a lot of characters. A lot of it's the relationship between Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Um, I didn't feel like it was like, amazing from a fundamentals perspective, so I'd probably give it like a 7. Okay, what do you give the rest? Um, it did give me the feels, um, so I, I agree with a 7 or 8 for that. I thought there were some really impactful things emotionally. I don't know about the cultural impact being that high on it. What is it? You have to say it. I probably (laughs) can't see uh, it. I know. Sorry. Ben gave it a seven um, for the rise and fall of the famous and, you know, how tides can change quickly and slowly. One minute. I mean, Bradley Cooper brings that up. He's like, basically, you know, you just need to figure out what you want to tell these people and what you want to say because you don't know when they're going to stop listening. So you've got to be true to yourself. And I think that's him looking internally. When I think about social media culture and we have people that pop up out of nowhere are super famous for a minute and then they go away. You know, and how you can kind of like yeah. how that balancing app happens because they show that pretty quickly and effectively in this movie. Yeah. So Taylor didn't like this movie as much as I did. That's our difference. That's great. Last movie, Vice. I was excited for this movie when I saw the trailer. I hated this movie. Christian Bale was amazing. You guys haven't seen it, right? No,
1: I haven't seen it. In fact, I'm going to take a bathroom break. We'll keep talking about this movie because I haven't seen it.
0: Let's wrap this up, then we'll take a break, okay. and then we can do the next segment. Okay. Does okay. that work? Let's do that. Can you hold it? Yep. I got it. All right. We're gonna, he's going to leak on us. <laughs> I don't want to talk long about Vice. Christian Bale's amazing. This movie was so exaggerated. Like, I know Dick Cheney did some shit he probably shouldn't have done. I don't know the extent of it. Adam McKay thinks he does, and he's literally Satan. So this whole thing was about Dick Cheney being Satan. Um, the editing, like, I liked the big short. There's a lot of those, like, interesting, like, cuts and scenes he does, like, to make the information more exciting. Like, he does that in this movie. But it's just such an over-the-top piece of shit. I didn't like it.
1: So this deserves to be nowhere on this near this list? I don't think so. Picture.
0: No, it's just, like, it's like a political play at this point.
1: So I thought I, I felt like he handled the big short pretty well.
0: Yeah, I really liked and that. that.
1: And was it not a similar style? It, so, like,
0: the execution of, like, how things w- look and like sound. How the story was told. It's the same, but it's, like, the content, right? Yeah. It's literally, like, this is the most evil thing that's ever happened. And I'm, like, okay, I get it, like, your perspective. But, like, for you complaining as much about, like, Dick Cheney creating Fox News so that, you know, only... Right people can hear right leaning people can hear what they want to hear all day. It's like what is this movie? Like right. it's like the opposite. It's on the left doing the exact same things, you know. So it's like make a more nuanced movie if you're going to do like that. Give
1: both sides, yeah. Story like, and that's what I think. From what you're talking about, it seems like that's what Spike Lee was able to do in Black Klansman. He didn't right. just pinpoint one side of the issue and stuck with that. He kind of explored both sides, right. both wrongs and rights of you know the issue.
0: So. Exactly right. So this movie, I gave it a four, only for like the presentation of things because like he does find a way to make it interesting. Like the narrations, Jesse Plemons narrates the movie, hmm. um, and he does good. And the performances are on point. Obviously, with Christian Bale is so believably Dick Cheney, it's scary. Do um, you think he wins um, over Rami Malek? Because it's a it's a race between two of them, right? Yeah. I I don't know.
1: It's always it's always off. The race is always between the biopic.
0: It is. Um, I feel like they're probably going to lean Rami Malek just because it's like you're choosing between Freddie Mercury, Savior of the Earth, and then Dick Cheney, <laughs> Dick Cheney. literally Satan. Has Christian <laughs> Bale won an Oscar though? Yeah, for the, the supporting. Fighter. For supporting, yeah, right. The fighter. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping Christian Bale just keeps getting cool projects because yeah. he's my guy. So like.
1: This doesn't change, this movie, this, no, no, this not shitty all. movie doesn't change the no, way it No, no, about.
0: and like I said, he did his part right, it's the way it was directed. Yeah. And if you ever see this, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't think this had any emotional, mental impact for me. And same with culturally reflective. It's like, it's, it's just, it didn't work. And so definitely not in the prestige category. Hmm. Alright guys, those are our nominees. I pick A Stars Born, from what I've seen. I think uh, that Roma is probably going to win, though.
1: You think Roma takes it? I, I, I hope it
0: does. Yeah. But
1: I just from what I've heard, I mean, how is, I don't know. It's, this year's Oscars is just such sucks. a mess. It
0: doesn't make sense.
1: Everything about it just doesn't make any sense to me. A lot of these movies are the fact that they're just nominated in the same category. I would like to see Roma take it. But yeah. um, it just seems like they might pick a crowd pleaser, like Green Book or Bohemian.
0: Green Book, it's it's honestly for me, it would be between Green Book and um, Roma, who I think is going to win. But I think the controversy around Green Book would probably keep it out. Mm. So, if you I don't was, think Stars Born has a chance. Best I don't think by odds it says it has no chance. It's like the bottom. You got to trust the Vegas odds. I, I think so because they're you trying to make trust money the Vegas off Vegas of it, odds. right? Yep. So like, if I'm picking for my personal picks, I would go a Stars Born, Green Book, and then the favorite. That would be my choices. Mm. So so I liked. I liked Klansman until the riot footage. Like, I thought that, that was was... No,
1: I, I, I agree. I think that movie works. I think it deserves to be on there to the extent... I don't know. Did it, but is it on there because Spike Lee's been screwed in the past, or no? I don't know. It's hard to know what... Because like, I think he got, he's nominated for director as well, right? Yeah, he is. And so people are saying that because he lost for Do the Right Thing, or like wasn't nominated for Do the Right Thing... He might get this. Um, that I think this is why he was nominated and a lot of people get those kinds of Oscars. Mm. They're like, oh, he didn't get this, so he didn't win this, so we'll give him one for this. I don't know.
0: And the academy's in shambles right now, let's be honest. Yeah, it is. But the weird thing about Bohemian compared to the rest of these is it was not received well critically. Yeah. If you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like a it's got like a ninety percent audience favorability and it's got like a fifty percent critic favorability which is really weird because most best picture nominees are all received well critically
1: and, yeah. which is really weird. weird
0: that is weird because like that's a good point because the people that make up the academy are critics and industry people which is right? bizarre i'm like how did it make it if it wasn't received well critically i don't know because all the rest of these movies were, i mean
1: yeah but the crowd pleasers sometimes i don't know i guess find a way in but sneak in i, I think that's know. where it's going now i mean the, the fact that they had the most popular film category do you think we would have seen bohemian and black panther It's a good point Move to that category yeah if are, that had been made
0: are these the carryovers from that kind of a? because these are the two movies that don't fit in with the rest of these right for the yeah. most part
1: and maybe vice too i don't know maybe You're according vice. to what you said i don't know like how is that a best picture when Based off of... Loaded
0: cast, I guess. I don't know. Controversial topic. I mean, I don't know. I mean,
1: it feels like The Post. Like, The Post was nominated because it was Meryl Streep, it was Tom Hanks, it was Steven Spielberg.
0: Yeah, could be. Amy Adams got the uh, supporting actress. So, if I remember correctly with um, A Star is Born, it got nominated for... I think everything but best director as far as like, it's like, how do you get all these other nominations without the director? That's the Ben Affleck uh, treatment right there with (laughs) Argo. It's just, it's just kind of bizarre to me.
1: I don't know. So, I think before we wrap up the Oscars, I do want to point out some obvious snubs that were.
0: Throw it out. Yeah. Let's get the snub counter real quick.
1: So Tony Collette for best actress in hereditary. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like unbelievable performance. And she carried that entire movie on her shoulders. I don't know how she's... I think horror... It's just another testament that horror just never melds well with the Oscars. Yeah, horror sci-fi, you're not going to get a nod. Yeah. So she was a huge snub. Um, Ethan Hawke for First Reformed. We haven't discussed First Reformed. That was my third favorite movie of 2018. It is on Amazon Prime. Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. He's worked a lot with Scorsese in the past. He wrote and directed this movie. He also got snubbed, I think. He did, he did get nominated for a screenplay, which okay. I was very happy about. But Ethan Hawke's performance in First Reformed, I love Ethan Hawke. And it's probably some of the best work he's done in a long time. And I, from what I've heard other critics say, he's, he got snubbed. Big snub. Big snub. Um, and this is a weird category for me to be worried about. But for original um, score, mm. first man. So Justin Hurwitz worked with, yeah. with, with Damien Chazelle on First Man. I love the music it in that movie. It is beautiful. Did and he not
0: get a, a nod?
1: No, no wow. nod. And I am so disappointed. And it, I've never been that disappointed in you know, a music category. Usually it's the actor, or the actress, or yeah. the director that gets snubbed. But um, I, bought, I, I bought songs off that soundtrack because it is Justin Hurwitz. I, I really hope... Justin Hurwitz and Damon Chazelle, I think they're like a Spielberg, John Williams Uh type, you know, Nolan, Hans Zimmer type duo. And I think they, I really hope they keep um, going forward. First Man, from what I've seen, I mean, the fact that that Black Panther's on there and First Man isn't, First Man wasn't like the best movie of the year. Wasn't amazing. But um, I think it deserves a lot more attention. The more I've thought of, it's grown on me the more I thought about it. Did you see First Man too? I did. So, the approach to that movie, um, I really appreciated the more time's gone on. Because I, I think I went in expecting kind of an Apollo 13 kind of take. Yeah. But it really is just about this, like, about gets like, in the head of yeah. Neil Armstrong and, yeah. like, his personal griefs in life and. And it's, showed that he was
0: the flawed man.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's, it's definitely more of a character focused movie than it is about the space mission and about. Everything else surrounding it. I thought it but.
0: was really culturally significant today, just with the number of people denying the moon landing happening increasing. Yeah. That, like, they straight up show you in kind of a realistic way what it was like. It yeah. was almost like putting a tin can with a rocket into space. Yeah. Yeah. It's very the,
1: Damien Chazelle. I mean, he's still a master. That first scene where he's doing the test and yeah. he
0: bounces off the atmosphere, like, rattling. And,
1: like you feel like at any moment, You're like oh Raw shit, Gosling's he's going to float ripped away, out. away yeah.
0: in, into space, and, and he, he has no. Movie, yeah, man.
1: it's it's really good, uh, and I hope we don't like hype up your expectations about it because it is a very different movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not your average space epic. You know, it's no gravity. It's not trying to
0: be anything like. It's that. It's not right? like Interstellar, even. It's, right. Yeah,
1: and I remember going in, there was a huge controversy that they weren't showing Neil Armstrong plant the flag on the moon. That mm-hmm. was like a huge. You know, even for me, I was like, really? Like, why wouldn't they at least show that? It's a big because. And it bothered me much, much less when I actually saw the movie, and I was like, oh, like, it's not about that. This mm-hmm. movie is not about, look at America accomplishing this great mission. That's not the story. It, and and, you see, and I won't spoil anything, but Neil Armstrong does something on the moon that really pays off. And you're like, cool. oh, okay, this is what this movie's about. And it's it, it's, it's much, a really good movie.
0: It's much less about Apollo 11 as it is about Neil Armstrong.
1: Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a second... Play second fiddle the yeah. Apollo mission than it does Neil Armstrong. It's a really good movie. Justin Hurwitz. We love you. Keep, keep making music with Damien because this definitely got snubbed. That soundtrack is beautiful.
0: Whiplash so. two.
1: Whiplash two. Let's it's do coming it. out. Miles Teller. <laughs> Let's do it. JK Simmons <laughs> is coming back. I'm, I'm in.
0: Oh. I'm definitely in for whiplash part two. All right, guys, that is our Oscars podcast. We are going to put our future 2019 yep. on a separate pod. Enjoy this one. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to release this next pod in a different week so you guys can get some more content. So yeah.
1: I think we how long have we been going?
0: We've probably almost hour and a half, 2 hours. A little over an hour and a half. So
1: Damn. Yeah, we were trying to get to the what we're looking forward to, but we have time to tackle some of that cuz this took a as usual Sorry,
0: long analysis. But hey, we hope you guys like it. Send us what you think about this Oscar's season if you're even going to be watching. If is it worth a watch? I don't know, probably not, but We appreciate you guys listening. Keep watching those movies. We'll see you later.
1: Thanks, fellas.